Well, guys, we're going to do Lord's Day number four here, and I will read the questions and answers, and we're going to talk about them. So we're going to do nine through 11. Question nine, doth God then do injustice to man by requiring him and his law that which he cannot perform? Answer, not at all, for God made man capable of performing it, but man, by the instigation of the devil and his own willful disobedience, deprived himself and all his posterity of those divine gifts. Question 10. Will God suffer such disobedience and rebellion to go unpunished? Answer, by no means, but is terribly displeased with our original as well as our actual sins and will punish them in his just judgment temporally and eternally as he hath declared. Curses is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. 11. But is God not merciful? Answer, God is indeed merciful, but also just. Therefore, his justice requires that sin, which is committed against the most high majesty of God, be punished with extreme, that is, with everlasting punishment, both body and soul. Okay. Start out today uh, sort of looking at our attitudes and this uh, question about God uh, and our requirements to obey him. Uh, something that comes to mind to me that we, just to throw this out as an example um, for us to think about in connection to these things, uh, is something that I saw some years ago at a Clemson football game. Now, I don't go, I don't watch really college or pro sports anymore since politics has infected everything. Sports used to be a nice getaway for me. Uh, turn on a game or go somewhere. Uh, but that's, uh, that's been taken in the day and age we live. So I do other things. But uh, in looking at this lesson day, an event that happened at Clemson, and man, this had to be. 10, 15, or more years ago. Uh, I was at a game, and I don't, I don't even remember who they were playing, but I remember this halftime uh, uh, show, trick, event, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you've ever been to any of those games, you've probably heard Tom Wincop, uh, a realtor, developer, down there building all sorts of things. Well, Tom Wincop had this uh, promotion where he had gone in with a local Chevrolet dealer, I think it was, and so they had a you know brand new Chevy Silverado at about midfield, and they got a couple of guys from the crowd and. The uh, game was you if you punted a football and landed it in the back of the truck and it stayed in the back of the truck, you got the truck. Uh, so they got these guys from the crowd. Uh, um, again, trucks about at midfield. They're about at the goal line in the end zone down on the west 
stands. And uh, again, these are regular guys, you know, uh, folks that, you know, beer bellies that haven't, say, aren't football players. And they were the contestants. And the crowd at Clemson looked at this and heard the rules, and all of a sudden, boo—and that booing the guys, but they're booing Tom Wincop and his promotion because even if you went and got one of the Clemson punters or you know another punter, the chances of them—they maybe had the leg to get it that far, but the chances of them. Even, you know, a college player hitting the truck uh, were slim to none, much less, you know, some guy that looks like me and my, or Mike Carey out there that hasn't done anything. And, you know, they punt and, you know, maybe get it to the 20 or 30 on the roll. And the crowd is just, you know, boo. You know, like, hey, this isn't fair. What, you know, what kind of trickery is this that these guys are going to get this truck uh, if they hit the back of it because you know you'd need a professional player or at least the college player that does this every day and practice even come near the truck to have any kind of chance uh, to get it there um, so the crowd was booing and I booed too because it was like, man, well, what is this? Um, because these um, contestants were essentially asked to do something that was impossible for them to do. It was rigged, because obviously Tom Wincop and the um, car dealer didn't want to lose that truck, right? Because, you know, what, you know, what do trucks go for these days? You know, they're expensive vehicles. Uh, so everybody was just mad as hornets at them and booing uh, for this contest. And Tom Wincop's, you know, he slinked off the field afterwards. Like, man, that didn't go over so well. Uh, but I tell that little story and ask us to ponder it uh, in light of question nine. Doth not God then do injustice to man by requiring him in his law that which he cannot perform? So should we boo God? Of course, the answer to that has to be no. But how is this different than what we see uh, from our football halftime show example? Well, first, we need to look at human responsibility and this idea here with God's law. Uh, where does this human responsibility flow from? Well, we look first, uh, we could look in Genesis and see that man uh, is made in the image of God and that image bearers, uh, there are certain requirements uh, would someone with a Bible open, go to Leviticus 19 uh, and read verses 1 through 2? And then someone else, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. So Leviticus 
19 verses 1 through 2 and Matthew 5 through 48. Mike, you got one? Hit me with it. Thank you, Mike. Anybody got the Matthew 5.48? Carolyn? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father Right. These are scriptural commands there that God has given um, to his people. And God has made everything. We know that he made it uh, all out of nothing. Uh, he is the rightful owner of all. Uh, this is his creation, and we cannot, as creatures, complain of what is required by our creator. Moreover, unlike, uh, say, our football example, uh, God did give man the ability to perform. If we go to the garden, uh, we have no complaint insofar as our first parents uh, chose uh, of their volition after being beguiled by the devil and the temptation in their own hearts of this pride to want to be like God, sin. Uh, we cannot complain that we are being done wrong now. Well, you can say, well, that was Adam and Eve, and at least they had a chance. Uh, we're in a different state. Now, that's, it's not fair. That is a false argument that we make. For example, think of this, that if you have uh, uh, a nobleman and the king uh, gives him uh, a large fee or piece of land uh, for him to have uh, as long as he remains loyal to the king and his family to have, and the nobleman uh, sins against the king and joins uh, a rebellion of other, say, knights or uh, lords of the manor, and the rebellion uh, is crushed by the king, and the king takes away this fee, this piece of land that would have run to his family. Do his sons and daughters and grandchildren have a complaint against the king that they have been done wrong? No, they have no complaint. The condition was clearly set forth and their ancestor broke uh, that condition. Uh, they have no complaint there. We are in the same situation and we also would fool ourselves if we think, well, if it wasn't Adam and Eve, uh, if it, uh, say, was Hunter and Addie, we wouldn't have messed up like that. We, we would have we built a fence around that tree, and we wouldn't even looked at it. You know, we kid ourselves if we think that uh, we would uh, somehow have performed better than our first parents and their perfection as image bearers. So we have no right to boo God any more than the grandchildren of the nobleman uh, can blame the king for not having possession of the fee uh, when their ancestor clearly broke uh, his duty 
uh, to his Lord and Master in that case. Again, as the question and answer go, uh, doth God then do injustice to man by requiring him and his law that which he cannot perform? No, not at all. For God made man capable of performing it, but man, by instigation of the devil and his own disobedience, deprived himself and all his posterity of the divine gift. So absolutely, we have no grounds to boo God, uh, though we were right to boo Tom Wincott that day, for sure, putting that crazy contest out there. Um, and of course, this, uh, when we look at this, uh, is part and parcel of the sovereignty of God. Um, would somebody turn to Romans 9? That's a longer passage. You're familiar with it. Verses 11 through 24. And read us Romans 9, 11 through 24 for our consideration this morning. If somebody has it, just let me know. Any volunteers? Looking for volunteers. Julian. Romans 9, 11. For the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, but the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the young. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. Who will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay? From the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another dishonor. What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. Amen. Um, so, yeah, obviously Paul, uh, though they didn't have football, foresees this argument, should we boo God? And... Uh, gives his answer, of course not, and gives uh, the famous uh, example of the potter and the clay that um, the Lord, because he is sovereign over all, uh, it is his good judgment uh, to make certain things for whatever uses uh, he decrees, uh, some for common, some for other uses. It would be like we, another craftsman example that uh, if a craftsman with a block of wood or uh, and other tools fashions a bow and arrow, 
and then with another piece of wood makes a target. Uh, the target has no complaint that it is not a bow or an arrow uh, rather than a target that receives uh, that. Uh, it is the craftsman's discretion. Uh, he is the creator of these things. And moreover, when we look at this, it is a reminder to us that we all do not deserve mercy, but mercy is a gift from God, uh, again, for his own reasons to those whom he chooses. Uh, to the extent we are objects of that mercy, we can only be thankful again to him for something that we have not earned and that by our own deeds including that of our first parents, but our very own choices that we make every day, uh, we are not uh, deserving of that. We uh, have not earned that. We cannot earn that. Uh, it is a gift, and we should be thankful that our Creator, that our Lord, uh, uh, offers any gift to any one there because we know that this disobedience that we are guilty of is a serious matter to God um, if someone would find Exodus 32 verses 7 through 14 someone else Psalm 5 4 through 5 let me know when you have one of them Any volunteers? What was the verses in Exodus 32? Uh, 7 through 14. I can read that. Roll it, Mike. Okay. And the Lord said to Moses, Go get down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them, they have made themselves a golden calf, a molded calf, and worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may, cons and I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. And Moses pleaded with the Lord God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out of harm to kill them in the mountains and consume them in the face, from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from the harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, and whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Okay, Psalm 5, uh, 4 through 5, anybody? Okay. No evil dwells with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all who do with you. 
Amen. So we see from these two passages that God, uh, his feelings toward this disobedience of his law, it is a just and right and rightful anger and wrath uh, that the scriptures teach us because he could not feel any other way because sin is so contrary to his very character. He could not be holy um, if these things mattered not to him, if they did not offend him. Uh, but then we have the question of this mercy uh, in the last question. Uh, is God indeed merciful, but also, uh, is he also just, and how can he be both? And for that, if we would turn to Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, and if someone would read that to us, Romans three twenty-one through 26. Any volunteers? Super talk. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Christ, in Jesus. Amen. Um, the clear answer to our question is God not also merciful besides being just. Yes, he is just. Right? You are welcome to, my brother, please. No, amen. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, as both those verses show us, God is both just and merciful. He does not compromise his justice, again, as an attribute of God and being a perfect attribute. Uh, he cannot do so. Uh, but he also has this perfect mercy. And we see both these come together in Christ, right? That Christ received the punishment for our sins. God had to be just and punish uh, the evil that we have done, the acts contrary to his law. And he did so, as we clearly read in the Bible uh, in Christ. But in doing so, he also shows us great mercy, something that we do not deserve. We did not deserve our sins to be put on Christ's shoulders. Um, we do not deserve that Christ's robe of righteousness for his perfection uh, here on earth and keeping the law every jot and tittle as we were required to do. We do not deserve that cloak to be put around us. So when God looks at you, 
he sees not all your sins, but the perfection of his son if you are a believer. Uh, So God can be both merciful and just, and the scriptures teach us indeed how he can be and show us where he has been so to us that we should be most thankful and abase ourselves in front of him. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is our lesson for today, uh, questions 9 through 11. I appreciate everybody coming, and we'll continue to pray for our friends Herb... Herbie, Kirby, and Helen, uh, uh, that her pain will diminish and that we shall see her back uh, here in the class and at church very soon. So let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to think about your justice as well as your mercy. And Lord, we thank you that you are a merciful God because it is your mercy that without we would have no hope of fellowship with you. Lord, we pray for our sister Helen today that you would continue to show her mercy in her recovery. And Lord, that uh, her pain would abate and Lord, she would uh, be able to walk around and um, we would see her soon here. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.